So how often do you find yourself beginning a new habit just to eventually fall off in the future? There's a very good chance it happens more than you'd like to admit. But don't feel badly. You're certainly not alone. The majority of us step into a new season of life with great high expectations for ourselves. We create a massive plan to manifest or create the life of our dreams. And this new life that we're shooting for requires new habits, new processes, new procedures. And so we snap our fingers and expect it to magically fall into place. We find a day or two, maybe a week or two of consistency, only to eventually be derailed. But why? And more importantly, what should we do about it? If this sounds like you in any capacity, listen in for nine crazily simple ways to convince yourself to start to take action on a task. See, I'm going to base this episode around something that I truly believe plagues most of America. And that plague is the ability to work out, right? To take the vessel of consciousness that you and I are carrying around, being our human body, and to do something with it that is meaningful and impactful to engage in a higher capacity on a daily basis. Another way to say this is I truly believe that we should sweat every day and fuel our body as though it actually matters. Think about what you've put in your mouth just in the past seven days. How many drinks of alcohol do you have? How many times do you have fast food or fried food? How many times did you have candy, sugar, soda, pop, whatever you'd like to call it, ice cream? How many times do you have things that weren't natural in nature? Probably more than you like, right? I mean, don't feel badly. Again, the majority of the populace is simply consuming things that's destroying themselves from the inside out. Now, whether this exists because we're supposed to have shorter life expectancies or whether it exists because major pharmaceutical companies get paid billions and billions of dollars to keep us healthy long-term, the facts are the facts. The majority of people eat like shit. And if that bothers you that I say that, then perhaps you are one of the few That does not. More power to you. I'm happy for you. It's incredible that you're one of the few. But more importantly, even than just what we put in our our mouth is what we do with our body. Are you exercising with your body in a way to extend your longevity? Right? Our bodies are meant to move. Certainly not meant to remain stagnant. And so if you're someone that sits in a chair the majority of their day, or in a car seat, or basically is not mobile throughout the day. You are cutting years off your life by not getting to the gym. I mean, think about the history of our the human being as a whole. Go all the way back to cavemen. How often do you think cavemen and women were just sitting around, having conversations, laying back, listening to some music, watching what was on the television? Of course, you're laughing that none of those things existed. But it's also, it just wasn't in them. Over time, technology has provided us incredible benefits and values, but our bodies have not yet caught up to the adaptation that would be required to ensure longevity in spite of 
all these technological advances. So what I'm sharing with you today is ways to become incredibly more consistent on both what you put in your mouth and if you go to the gym, but these ideas and exercises can be applied to anything you'd like to have more consistency in. See, I know a lot of my clients, a lot of the individuals that I work with on a one-on-one basis share with me at some point that they don't feel like they have the time to make it to the gym. They don't have time to eat the right food. They don't have time to read. They don't have time to progress their, their life forward. Or if it's not, I don't have enough time, it's I don't have enough energy. Right? You don't understand. It's so tough to live my life with kids and work and food and spouses. You just don't get it. To which I say, of course I do. I'm by no means living a perfect life. But what I am, if nothing else, is consistent. And so the difference between me and the people that are making up the excuses, potentially that's you, is the perception of the barrier that sits in front of us. See, your barrier, if you're someone that says, I know I should do that stuff, I just really can't. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I'm not motivated. It's not me. I don't, I can't. Those perceptions are just that. They can be changed. But they are difficult to change. I mean, obviously, you would have good intentions. You know and believe that you should exercise. But yet, how are you going to magically wave a wand and find the time? Manufacture more energy or motivation to even begin. Because chances are, if we call a spade a spade for just a moment, if you are truly motivated to exercise and eat well, you're going to find the time and the energy to make it happen. Motivation in every time I have seen it follows behavioral patterns. So, if we accept that, then we'd have to look at motivation tending to follow behavior If that's what is really the truth, then finding a way to get started would become one of the most crucial steps because that would change your behavior. And one of the fastest ways to make this happen is to actually modify your physical and social environments to create a supportive context for an exercise and healthy living behavior. A less convoluted way to state that is that you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. Or if nothing else, get rid of the people that aren't supportive. But even once we get to that part, right? Let's say you found some workout accountability partners. Let's say your spouse, your kids, whoever it is supports you. Let's say no, there's no more junk food in the house. You are living clean. That's great. But in order for for there to be truly long-term adherence to any exercise program or anything you'd like to change, you're going to need intrinsic motivation. It's going to be something that comes internally. And the difficulty with that is that the majority of us only want to participate in activities that we do very well. Because when we do very well at something, it gives us a sense of personal control. And then that provides us the opportunity to build relationships with other people that are in the same spot. So think about that. Just for a minute. You're motivated. You're ready to make a change. You make the change, right? You're going to the gym. You're eating well. Maybe you're reading. Maybe you're meditating. Whatever thing is you want to do every day. 
your closest tribe supports it. They're all meditating or they're all going to the gym with you. They threw away all the bad food. But there comes a point in time in which everyone involved has to switch to an internal amount of motivation. Because that internal motivation is really where the control comes from and we all seek control from an egoic standpoint. But once we accept the fact that it comes from that ego side of things of needing control, then we can associate yet again with more people to build stronger relationships that will level up our ability to play that game. So I have nine different exercises or so that actually are ways to increase your internal motivation to get started and then to maintain consistency to make anything you want, but in this situation exercise, a valuable part of your life. So to start with, the very first thing you can do, and this is true for anything that you want in your life, if you say you don't have enough time, it's bullshit. You have to schedule it. You schedule other obligations in your life with almost complete certainty. You're scheduling meetings, you're scheduling classes, you're scheduling dinners with friends, you're scheduling time to watch television, you're scheduling time to pick up your kids. But you're not scheduling in time for you to go to the gym. You're not scheduling in time to eat the healthy food. You're not scheduling in the time to read. Anymore with free electronic calendars like Google, that excuse is nullified. By making a commitment and putting it down on a sheet of paper or in your phone, more appropriate for this, you'll begin to stay consistent in a brand new way. Think of how easy that is, right? Probably smacking the head like a ton of bricks. Pull out your phone right now. Look at it. When can you go to the gym? Schedule it in. You say, well, I I can't. I don't have any time. Get up earlier. Go on your lunch break. I can't. I have, there's just, inevitably, any I can'ts are all just stories. The second step you can do is to create cues to elicit exercise, right? Sometimes even I need some sort of stimulus to get me going. So an easy way to do this is to take that calendar where you said work out and sync it up with email or text so that you get a reminder to exercise or to eat well or to read or whatever it would be. You can alter these messages, right? You can make them meaningful and inspiring to you. Another thing, I I personally believe that working out in the morning is the best way to go. Another strategy would be to put your workout clothes by your bed at night so you'd see them first thing in the morning or in the bathroom next to the toilet. Have them so you have to look at them, right? It's so simple. We overcomplicate almost everything. Find a friend that's going to work out that wants to change the same way that you want to change or wants to read the same way that you do. Lock in a time and a commitment that you're going to meet each other to do that, to work out, to read. There's no way you're going to stand up one of your friends, not for something like this. And if so, would you be okay with them standing you up? 
Absolutely not. Third thing to do, again, very, very simple, not necessarily easy, is start keeping track of your workouts. All of us like positive affirmation, right? You start monitoring and measuring what you put in your body and you see the changes to your physique. You lose weight or or gain muscle, whatever you're into. You also track and monitor the exercises that you went through and you see the weights that you've lifted as they increase. How great would you feel? And this is as simple as literally using that same phone that we've now used for the previous two ideas. Pull out the notes section and type in the notes. When did you exercise? For how long? At what intensity? How did you feel during and after? What did you lift? What were the weights? Anything you can write down. See, if you record data like this, you start to become aware of your consistency and the improvements that that consistency makes. Those things tied together are an incredible way to increase the amount of motivation that seems to be so hard to come by. Now, I touch base on, on the second idea, but I like to make it its own point because this is what I did originally to get myself motivated to go to the gym. See, in high school, I was a scrawny kid. Even during football, I avoided the gym like the plague. I would go to the bathroom. I would hide. I would do anything. It just wasn't my deal. That was at least the story I was telling myself. See, when I went to college, though, I had a friend that lived in my dorm. And we would schedule time to go work out together. And I know, and I knew, no matter where he was at, he was going to be there. He was an avid workout guy. Like, man, I can't skip it. He's, I told him I'd be there. And so I would go. And that's the fourth idea for you is to schedule time to exercise with a friend. Social support and social accountability is an incredibly powerful behavioral change tool. You're going to be much less likely to skip a workout if you make a commitment to somebody else. And speaking of commitment, I'd like you to make another commitment actually to me right now. If you haven't yet left me a review, I would love it if you'd press pause, head over to wherever you're listening to this, hopefully it's on iTunes, leave a five-star review. Literally just tap the five-star, come back in and listen. If you want to be really overzealous and really help me out, leave a comment, right? Share what you've learned from the show, encourage other people to listen, leave that five-star review. It really, really matters. In addition to that, head over to OptimizeLifeShow.com and create your complimentary profile. When you do that, you'll have access to every show I've ever created, show notes that come with each show, and a value-added PDF so you can instill these lessons and take them into your life. See, I know there's a very good chance. It's actually 8 out of 10 people are visual learners in some capacity. So to really have this sink in, to be able to visually see it, will change everything. The best part is, on OptimizeLifeShow.com, there are no places to spend money. It's a completely complimentary resource, and it will change what you recall. And speaking of recollection, TheHumanPotentialInstitute.com, that's TheHumanPotentialInstitute.com, actually my personal link is forward slash optimize, is an incredible resource if you're looking to heighten the amount of Recall that you have not only for each moment of each day, but also of your past. See, the Human Potential Institute, founded by Dr. Mark Atkinson, in conjunction with Dave Asprey from Bulletproof, is the foremost training center for anyone looking to better their lives. See, whether you're looking to jump into the coaching profession and the life coaching or whatever you'd want to call it, 
or you're simply looking to live a better life and lead your family into feeling better day over day, the Human Potential Institute has you covered. They have one of the most comprehensive trainings that has ever been released and it's led by some really incredible individuals. Head over, take a look at it, humanpotentialinstitute.com forward slash optimize. Now I want to talk about the fifth part of this nine-step process. It's a little bit like Pavlov's test with dogs. If you're not familiar with that, do some research. I'll broad brush stroke it right now. Essentially, there was a behavioral therapist that used dogs and rewarded them with treats upon a certain activity. And if they didn't do the certain activity, they got shocked and these things happened. And all of a sudden the dogs realized, right, they would get rewarded when they did good things. Same thing happens for you and I. Feeling good after a workout is an important thing, but not just feeling good because you worked out and you sweat, but physically feeling good by rewarding yourself. See, the reality is that when you're gradually working your way back into exercising regularly, feeling good from just working out is probably not going to be enough. And more importantly, if it's been a little while, let's be honest with each other, there's no guarantee you're going to feel good each time you exercise. So instead of a depending on feeling good from the exercise, what would happen if you began to enjoy activities as planned consequences of your actions? Meaning when you go to the gym over a long enough period of time, reward yourself. See, one option would be to make an, an arrangement with yourself to watch TV in the evening, but only if you exercise first. Over time, with repetition and as your fitness improves, you may find that your need for environmental control disappears. Well, you're just not going to need something to hold you accountable, but what we're going to do now is simply build up the habits and patterns to get you to the point in which that becomes your norm. The sixth thing I have for you is to congratulate yourself. Because my friend, I have to share with you, behavioral change is not necessarily easy. So if you remind yourself during and after exercise you've accomplished something, it will feel better. Your self-talk could literally be, I did it, great job. But it can also be incredibly useful to connect that message to a goal. For instance, if you want to increase your health, you might tell yourself, today I took another step towards improving my health. I'm proud of my effort. But this works in everything. I mean, think about all the self-talk that's always the chatter in the background of your mind. It's there, so why don't we use it to benefit us? Why don't we push ourselves forward with positivity? Although you might end up being embarrassed to verbally congratulate yourself, if you do it privately, like potentially in your car, no one else is even going to know about it. And the magic happens when you do it out loud. Another way to instill consistency is to start with manageable activities. I mean, if you're anything like me, I come up with something new and I go all in, right? I'm jumping in not only waist deep, not only neck deep, I'm probably eyeball deep into something new. And that's not maintainable. You know, most people want to attack a new exercise program with this incredible enthusiasm. 
Think about New Year's resolutions. What happens is these changes are more than not completely unreasonably ambitious. Daily intense exercise, restrictive diets, trying to battle through fatigue, it's not going to work long term. So instead of pushing yourself so hard, why don't you set yourself up for success? Let's just say you're not exercising at all right now. Zero. What would happen if you just committed to walking a few days a week for 30 minutes? And when you can do that for two or three weeks, your confidence will increase. This means that you now have the ability to maintain a program. This confidence is actually referred to as self-efficacy which is a belief in your own ability to effectively engage in a behavior. Once you start to change your behavior and your self-efficacy is elevated, you might then consider increasing the time, frequency, or intensity of the workout. Movement's key. Simply start with a micro-commitment that you know you can adhere to. It will pay off dividends in the long run. Got another one for you. Right? And that's to give yourself some options. Right? Working out or books or reading or any of these things can inherently feel a little monotonous. Doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's not so much fun. So if let's say you scheduled your workouts, you realize that there's some benefit there. Build in a little flexibility into your plan so you're able to decide what workout you feel like doing on any given day. Maybe some days it's yoga, maybe some days it's outside walking. Maybe somebody is going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. See, making choices ends up supporting your need for autonomy. And that's a great way to end up building a sense of personal control over any exercise behavior. And the ninth and final one is the most impactful. That's to ultimately change your lifestyle. Which you're going to have to do. See, exercise does not require you to purchase any sort of workout gear or gym membership or even set aside time for a 60-minute workout. The problem with separating exercise from other activities is it's much easier to step away from being active when life gets busier or stressful. Right? I mean, think about it. Think about all the different times that you have been stressed and just said, ah, screw it, I'm going home. Tired, I'm worn out. So what if you just changed what went on during the day? I mean, have you heard to take the stairs before? Or to park as far away from the door as possible? These are both simple things you can do to become much more active. But there are also plenty of other creative options for this, especially if not enough time is your go-to reason for being sedentary. Things like using a standing desk at work, which I have. Take walking work meetings. Do push-ups or sit-ups while you're watching TV. Put a pull-up on a doorway so you can do pull-ups every time you walk into a room. See, the more you can make activity a part of your life, the easier it is to remain consistent. Now, I know for this I made everything about working out. This entire show. And certainly working out and maintaining health is incredibly important to me. Hopefully, it's important to you as well. I mean, this is the one vessel we get for this 
current life as we know it. And so I must encourage you, I'll even go as far as to implore you to really be honest with what you put in your body. What are you feeding yourself? What are you hydrating yourself with? How often are you drinking? How much sleep are you getting? These are all things that stack up and matter. You deserve to have abundant energy. You deserve to be able to go forth and prosper at the highest capacity. And my friend, anything that you do to slow yourself down from that being your mode of operation will be something I would heavily encourage you to take pause and analyze. From those places with some new consistency, you can achieve more than you'd ever believe. And let's even move for just a moment, working out to the side. Let's say your issue has been either reading or communication or negative self-talk. All of these nine steps can be reworked and rewired to help you feel better and to live better. Like I said to begin the episode, it is my belief that we inherently overcomplicate almost everything. And if we simply look at what the facts of any situation are, it is much less complicated than we make it. With that being said, I'm Ryan Nidell, wishing you truly unlimited success.